0: Somehow, DeMontis Sabonis is in the top 10 of MVP ladders, but yet he's not a starter in the Western Conference All-Star Race. Doesn't make sense to me. And it's the fan vote, unfortunately, that killed his chances of being a starter. We'll discuss that. Plus, this upcoming road trip for the Sacramento Kings. There's a lot uh, on the line, really, on this road trip. And if Sacramento can survive this road trip or even come out on top through this road trip, that might set them up to actually secure a third or fourth seed in the playoffs. We'll discuss it all on the first ever live episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are locked on Kings your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season long. Today presented by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NBA. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC10. And this is crazy. A live episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Now, some of you listening and watching right now are watching afterwards so i appreciate you so much for uh, for tuning in whenever you're able to watch but for the uh the amazing support that i'm receiving right now first ever live episode to have this support from local kings fans kings fans all over the united states kings fans around the world so many international fans that are part of this live show I'm humbled, but I'm also nervous as hell. Why? Because when I pre record an episode, when I do it by myself, where I'm just a loser talking to a camera by myself in a room for 30 minutes, I can screw up and edit that out. The power of editing, I always look perfect. Uh, right now, I don't have that luxury. So I have to make sure that I'm not doing anything stupid or saying anything stupid. And hopefully I can make it through this podcast. But the amount of you that are coming and supporting uh, this live show is incredible. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody. I would spend the whole podcast naming you all individually. So I hope you have a good time. And I hope I'm able to do live podcasts more often. It would be incredible to be able to do this uh, every once in a while. I wish I could do this after uh, King's Games, but... I'm at the golden one center. So like, you know, what's uh, this is true. I have never seen the beam in person. Actually, that's kind of not true. I've seen the beam from afar. Like after a road game, I can see it from the parking lot of our, uh, ABC 10 studios, but I can, I've never seen the beam from the golden one center. I've never seen it because I'm in the golden one center doing the post game duties for ABC 10 and then doing, uh, the locked on Kings podcast. And they turn the beam off at like either 11 45 PM or midnight. And I'm always leaving at like 31 a.m. So one of these days, damn it, I will see the beam. I will go outside and see the beam in person. And I'm I'm, I'm committing to that. I got to see it in person because, uh, of course, it's been such a uh, a beacon in so many ways of, of King's fandom enjoyment. But unfortunately, as popular as the beam is, unfortunately, the beam doesn't get you extra all-star votes. DeMontis Sabonis has not been named an all-star starter. Which I'm not surprised by, like, uh, and I think this is more just my jaded f- feelings towards like all-star voting. Period. Like, I'm not, I'm not surprised. DeMonte Sabonis isn't an all-star starter. Uh, I am bothered by it because people clearly don't understand what Domas is doing here in Sacramento. And and for God's sakes, the Kings are if not the best story. In the NBA, they are absolutely top two, top three best stories in the NBA this season. To go from a team that has been on a 16-year playoff drought that couldn't even sneak into the play-in and lose to a team that is sitting in third in the Western Conference now over the halfway point of the season, a team that has a very good chance of skipping the play-in altogether and just going right into the playoffs, a team that actually now has a legitimate chance to host a playoff series. You know how crazy that is to go from a 16-year playoff drought to immediately hosting a playoff series? That does not happen. And the fact that the Kings, hopefully, I mean, they will get at least one player representing them on the all-star team. Like, DeMontis Sabonis is a lock to be a reserve. I think De'Aaron Fox should be too, but who knows if if that justice is going to be done. But for the Kings to be one of the best stories, if not the best story in the NBA, for them to have a player in DeMontis Sabonis, that if you look at MVP ladders, DeMontis Sabonis is on MVP ladders. The NBA.com MVP ladder came out today. DeMontis Sabonis is on that MVP ladder. He's number nine in that top 10 MVP ladder. Ahead of him are just three players in the Western Conference. Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, and John Morant. So somehow, in this MVP ladder, DeMontis Sabonis can be considered a top 10 player in the league, MVP, and only have three players from the West in front of him. There are five Western Conference starter spots. And yet, DeMontis Sabonis is not a starter. What in the world? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I I understand that Zion is incredible, extremely athletic, very entertaining and fun to watch. Zion has barely played compared to DeMontis Sabonis. And, oh yeah, the Sacramento Kings are a better team as of right now than the New Orleans Pelicans are. All-Stars are a context of regular season award. You are an all-star for the 2023 or 2022-2023 season based off of what you are doing in 2022-2023. DeMontis Sabonis has had a significantly better 2022-2023 season than Zion has. And if Zion had the full context of playing the majority of the season and not getting hurt, maybe he would be better than DeMontis Sabonis. But he hasn't, and he's not. We can't make a what-if argument. What if Zion played? Would the Pelicans be better than the Kings at this point in time? It doesn't matter because it didn't happen. Sabonis is doing it. He's playing through a broken thumb. He's third in the league in triple-doubles. He's leading the league. He's the league-leading rebounder. I think he's leading the league in double-doubles. And yet he's not a starter in the Western Conference. And it's because of fan voting. And I'm not, I'm going to make this very clear. I'm not blaming Kings fans. It's not your fault. It's not. Could you have voted more? Sure. But this is Sacramento. There's no chance Sacramento can compete with LA. There's no chance Sacramento can compete with Golden State. They can't. Plus, the Kings get so little uh, national game love. They've gotten one national game, which, by the way, they destroyed the Brooklyn Nets in that national game. We're supposed to have another one that was taken away. They've had some games on NBA TV, but that doesn't count. TNT, ESPN, the team that is third in the Western freaking conference and that is leading the Pacific Division has far fewer national TV games than the rest of the division and the rest of the conference. And on top of that, they don't have a national TV game for the remainder of this season when – All of those other Western Conference, or rather Pacific Division teams do. That has an effect. So I'm not blaming Kings fans. I'm not. You could have voted more. I could have voted. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's a popularity contest, and it's stupid. Looking at this, DeMontis Sabonis finished in sixth in front court voting results in the Western Conference. LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Zion Williamson won. DeMondis Sabonis was fifth in player rank. Zion was third. Sabonis was ninth in fan voting rank. Zion was fourth. And DeMondis Sabonis was third in media rank. Zion was fourth. So at least the media got it right. And thank God some media members, not Nate Duncan, but some media members are paying attention. But... If Demontis Sabonis has a little bit better fan rating, which remember the fan vote costs or accounts for 50% of whether or not you make it into the play uh, or the the uh, as a uh, All-Star starter or not, it's because of the fan vote that Sabonis isn't in. If he had a little bit better of a fan vote, he would have been a starter. The fan voting system is stupid. I'm sorry. I understand fans want to feel like they're a part of this decision. And I understand like the, the NBA fans are incredible. The NBA owns so much to their fans, but fan voting is dumb because every single year, there's a minimum one player that gets screwed over. And unfortunately this year, maybe it's not, maybe screwed over is too aggressive because being a starter, I mean, it's cool, but it's not the end of the world. Like if you, Sabonis is still going to be an all-star, like he's still going to be an all-star, but still, but still, it's it's stupid to me that Sabonis does not get in because of, not because of anything that he's doing wrong. He doesn't get in because he happens to play in a smaller market in the NBA. Like that's just not, I, I think that's ridiculous. Now I see some people, Francisco Garcia mentioning uh, in the comments, oops, I clicked on the wrong one. Uh, Sabonis will be a starter because Zion is hurt. I think you're right. And I think... This Zion selection is ceremonial. But at the same time, what's the point? If you know Zion's probably not going to play, plus even if Zion were playing, he does not deserve to be there over DeMontis Sabonis. That's my point. It's not so much Sabonis being a starter. If he ends up being a starter, great. He's going to be an all-star, in my opinion, like I said. But it's, it's about him not getting the recognition that he deserves, and that's mainly the theme. It's it's Sacramento Kings players and the team and how they're performing not getting the recognition they deserve. This is the, the blessing and the curse of the beam because the beam has been amazing for all of us to celebrate. It's been fun for us to rally around, and it's become a national story. People are talking about the beam around the NBA uh, world. It's cool, right? But – They should not be talking just about the beam and how fun and quirky it is. They should be talking about the reason why the beam is getting lit the majority of nights is because of what the Sacramento Kings are doing. It's because of what DeMontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, and this Kings team are doing. Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray in the month of January. That's what people should be talking about. This is a perfect example to me of Sabonis, a Sacramento King, not getting the recognition that they deserve because of a ceremonial... More recognition for a better player or, excuse me, for a bigger name player, definitely not better, bigger name player in a different market. That's what this is about. And even the New Orleans market is not crazy better or bigger than than the Sacramento market. In fact, Sacramento Kings fans support their team way better than New Orleans Pelicans fans do. And that's just a fact. But it's a, it's. It's kind of a, a get off my yard or get off my lawn kind of old man take, but it's it's frustrating to me as someone who thinks that Sabonis deserves all the recognition in the world for what he's doing, and De'Aaron Fox too. Like De'Aaron, I think is going to end up being a a player that maybe gets in as a as a reserve, which. I understand being a guard in the Western Conference and I understand like Damian Lillard getting more votes than De'Aaron Fox does and, and and whatever. I know De'Aaron or rather Dame just put up like 60 points. Dame has better numbers than De'Aaron Fox does. De'Aaron Fox is on a significantly better team. Last I checked, the Portland Trailblazers aren't even in the play in picture. They're not. Maybe they, maybe they moved in. Honestly, I haven't even looked at the NBA standings, how, how it's changed since the last time I looked, which was a couple days ago. But last I checked, yep, the Blazers are in 12th in the West. They're 23 and 25. The Sacramento Kings are 27 and 20 in third in the West. So I get Dame is Dame. But Sacramento is way better and De'Aaron Fox is the leader of that. The league leader in clutch scoring, not necessarily points in the clutch, but clutch clutch shooting percentage. Like, like, De'Aaron deserves to be there absolutely too. And every single time in the past, we've had a conversation about De'Aaron being an all-star. Everything holding De'Aaron back was, oh, Fox is, he 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 has the numbers. He's playing like an all-star statistically, but his team is not that good. He doesn't have the wins. Well, now his team has the wins, but are we holding it against De'Aaron Fox that Demontis Sabonis is his teammate now? Are we saying, oh, well, It's still the Kings, and we only have room for one representative, so DeMontis Sabonis is going to be that representative. That's ridiculous. Sabonis and Fox are equally as important to this Kings team. De'Aaron Fox is the better player on the Kings. Sabonis is the most important player, and I've talked about the difference between the two of them a lot here on Locked on Kings in the past, but De'Aaron Fox absolutely deserves to be there too. If the Kings were 6th or 7th in the West, I'm like, okay, I get it. Third in the Western Conference, and I know the gap between third and seventh or third and eighth is not that big. I get it, but they're still there. And you have to take into the context of where they were last year to where they are now. So I'm I'm very disappointed by, I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed so far uh, by what I've seen out of the NBA All-Star starters list. And I know like there's some questionable things in the East too, like Kyrie Irving getting in over Jalen Brown, I think is ridiculous too. So, but this happens every year. And unfortunately this year it's, it's affecting the Kings. Again, I expect him Sabonis to be an all-star and everything be fine there. Uh, but he should be a starter and he might end up being a starter with Zion not playing, but it's just dumb, just dumb. Thank you everybody for watching again, this live episode of the long time Kings podcast. Oh, Great, King's Pulse is here. Get out of here, Brendan. Leave. You're really a dad now. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yes, that is a very dad thing to say. But get out of here, Brendan. This is my place. This is my ha- happy, safe place. You're not a part of this. I see a lot of people commenting, diving into this uh, this conversation about uh, Demontis Abonis, um, and believing that he will be uh, a or he will be a starter. I see a lot of people talking about Fox more than likely being. Uh, uh, an injury, injury reserve player. I think you're 100% right. Um, Johnny DeWitt saying Fox will be one of the wild card players that makes it in. I, I, I hear you. I feel that. I understand that. I think you're right. Um, I just don't think it should take injury reserve. I mean, I guess it, if he gets there, it doesn't matter how he gets there. But if I were De'Aaron Fox, I would feel slighted or frustrated by being considered an injury reserve player when he's outperforming and his team is outperforming the teams of some of the bigger names who are getting in off of their name and their numbers on a bad team versus De'Aaron's success on a good team. Just my my feeling on the situation. Cole Cunningham asks, is, if, is Fox in his mid-year slump been a trend, but the bright side is he destroys post-All-Star break? Well, one, I'm hoping that you're right, that he will continue to, to destroy All-Star break. I don't know how much... I don't think De'Aaron Fox is in a slump necessarily. I think De'Aaron's role has been very clearly defined here in Sacramento, which is do your thing for the first two to three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, go out and win the game and take over. And by doing your thing, I don't mean just coasting and only scoring six points. Like De'Aaron can score 12, 14, 16 points without really trying in the first three quarters, and then he explodes in the fourth for another 12 or 16, and that puts him in the high 20s to, to low 30s. Like, that's that's what De'Aaron's done. De'Aaron has a very clear role and a very clear rotation spot. So, I'm, I am i wouldn't necessarily call it a slump. Now, DeMontis a bonus is definitely in a slump right now, and we can discuss that uh, in a little bit. We're also going to talk about the upcoming road trip for the Sacramento Kings, a seven-game road trip, the longest of the season, one of the longest road trips in the NBA period. We're going to get into that here in just a second. Right now, though, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Lockdown Kings podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. It's like having an NBA scouting department for your small business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 80 or rather, 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates identify the most qualified candidates on linkedin jobs and connect with them fast and for free linkedin jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based off your job qualifications all on one platform that's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's talk about this road trip. For those of you in the chat, what are your expectations for this upcoming road trip? Expectate your expectations doesn't have to be what the expectations should be. What are your expectations? Because looking at this road trip, there are a lot of gettable games on this road trip, right? A couple games in Minnesota to start. Now I think Minnesota could present some matchup uh, problems for the Kings. You've got the, uh, the rockets twice at the end of the road trip. You have the Spurs in there, the Pacers in there, the Pelicans in there. Um, I'm seeing a lot of. I'm seeing a seven and zero. Oh, of course, I'm seeing four and three, five and two. So four and three is essentially five hundred. And the goal for road trips is always to go five hundred or better. Of course, it's it's an odd number, so you can't go five hundred. Three and four would not be a disaster, but I would be very disappointed. To me, four and three is is the bare minimum. Like four and three should be the Kings get that comfortably to get to the next step though 5 and 2 is the goal to me if you get 6 and 1 or you get 7 and 0 great like that's amazing that's phenomenal if the kings were able to do that but 5 and 2 to me should be the goal i'm not saying it's the expectation it should be the goal but 4 and 3 to me is the expectation nate says i'm honestly expecting 5 and 2 but 4 and 3 at the least Five and two, five and two. So it sounds like we're pretty much all on the same page with kind of the five and two. A really good question here. Uh, I'm trying to click on it. The chat's going too fast. You guys are so active. RMOB Nation says, Pacers revenge game or not? Nah? I think that's a very, like I feel like the most losable game on this trip is actually the Pacers game. Like I think the Indiana Pacers, the Kings kicked the Pacers ass here in Sacramento. Now Tyrese is still out. I think he's targeting an early February return. It would not surprise me at all if he's trying to get back for that game. Would not surprise me at all, knowing and understanding Tyrese and the competitor that he is. I know that he wants to get back and he wants to start playing again. Um, It's Demontis Sabonis' return to Indiana. If anybody is in here from Indiana, like, is this a big deal to y'all? I have not heard anything being discussed or brought up about Demontis Sabonis' return to to Indiana. Like, and he spent a a long time with the Pacers. Now, granted, he's playing better for Sacramento than he ever did for the Pacers, and that's because the Kings are using him effectively, and Mike Brown has maximized what he can do. But still, he was a damn good player and a multi-time all-star for the Indiana Pacers, right? I have not heard anything, anything about the Pacers welcoming him home. But again, that could just be the Sacramento perspective. Is that going to be a big game for Sabonis? Like, is Sabonis going to come in with a chip on his shoulder like, you really traded me away? Watch this. I mean, you've already seen that I'm in the MVP voting, but or rather on the MVP ladder, but watch this. Like, that would be pretty cool. I would like to see almost a revenge arc from DeMontis Sabonis in that game, but I think a lot of Kings fans should absolutely be wary of that game because of how bad the Pacers were embarrassed in Sacramento. Even if Tyrese doesn't play, if Tyrese doesn't play, the King should absolutely win that game. But even if Tyrese doesn't play the rest of that roster, of course, the video has come out of Buddy Heald saying Sacramento can smid d if you know what I mean. Uh, he, he That video came out. So, I mean, Buddy got booed plenty here in Sacramento. At the time, I was saying, well, I don't think Buddy deserves to be booed every time he touched the ball. Now, after that video came out, you know what? Boo Buddy Heald at any time you see him publicly or privately. <laughs> Boom. Uh, and I know Buddy, who apparently is on the trade block in Indiana, which is fitting for so many different reasons. Apparently, Buddy, or I imagine Buddy's going to want to get a little bit of revenge with how that game in Sacramento went too. So that's the game during this road trip that I'm most concerned about—that Indiana Pacers game. Whether whether uh, Tyrese plays or not, typically when you beat a team that bad, they're uh, a little extra hungry to. To get that win, I see someone saying a six and one road trip. Rob G saying six and one and a split with Minnesota. I feel that again. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are a another team that they should be better than their record. What are they? They're ninth in the West. They're twenty five and twenty five, so they're a five hundred team. That's disappointing. That's disappointing based off of the the ridiculous move that they made and the crazy trade they made for Rudy Gobert. But that is a team that I could see giving the Kings some some problems. I think the Kings should at least win one of those games, especially if they want to prove that they're third in the West. But the Minnesota Timberwolves could provide some matchup nightmares at times for the Sacramento Kings. Um, I do want to talk about, though, the Kings are going into this this road trip third in the West. If they come out of this road trip still third in the West, I touched on this in yesterday's Lockdown Kings podcast very briefly, but I want to go into a little more detail on it. To me, if the Kings come out of this road trip third in the Western Conference, Kings fans should be feeling very, very good about this team's ability to actually secure a home court advantage in the opening round of the playoffs. I still think the final month, to month and a half after the all-star break of the season is going to be a experience for the Kings. So what I mean by that is there are teams that are beneath the Kings right now that have experience already that have been there and done that before that recognize the importance of seeding that are going to scratch and claw and try and close gaps. And games are going to get tougher for the Kings at that point in time. But also, I think the Kings are good enough to handle it. And I want the Kings to face some adversity, kind of like what they faced from the Toronto Raptors game the other night. I want them to face that adversity before the playoffs and not get run over by uh, a truck in the playoffs, essentially, when teams really come to play and really step up at that point in time. But getting through this road trip and especially, I mean, even if you're four and three, you're still one game better than when you left on the trip. That's major. That is significant for the Sacramento Kings uh, to, to accomplish. So I think that should be the absolute, um, not necessarily expectation, but that should be the goal of the Sacramento Kings. And if they are able to come out of this road trip and be in that position in the standings, at that point, it's not just us in Sacramento who have to go, wow, this is really possible. It's it's everyone else who has to look at the Kings and go, man, I mean, I already think this team is legit. Some people still don't believe this team is legit. The Kings are, are uh, have the third highest win total on the road in the Western Conference. But in terms of winning percentage, they have the best win percentage on the road in the Western Conference. Never expected that. They're 11 and 9. Next closest is, uh, I mean, the Clippers are 13 and 13, and the Nuggets are 12 and 11. Like, this team is good. This team can win. And whether it's in their own building, and I think they should have a better record at home than what they do—16 and 11—they've dropped some very winnable games uh, in their in their own building. But if the Kings can continue to be an above 500 team on the road, like that's that does uh, that makes a tremendous difference towards the uh, the standings difference when we're all said and done. Orochi, I think that's how you pronounce your name. asks, Hey Matt, which team do you think the Kings can beat in a playoff series without a defensive-minded trade? That's a great question. I think the Kings can beat a, a decent amount of teams in the playoffs. It, it also depends on how healthy those teams are. I think the Kings could beat, I really do think the Kings could beat the Warriors in a playoff series. I really do. I don't think the Warriors are as good or uh, nearly as good this year, although the experience does scare me. I think the Kings could beat the Timberwolves in a playoff series. I definitely think the Kings could beat the Jazz in a playoff series. Um, the Phoenix Suns are tough. Like how healthy are they and how on the, on the same page are they? And the Dallas Mavericks too. We haven't uh, we haven't really seen. I think we the next home game, which is February 10th, is the Mavericks coming to town. And I'm really interested in that game because I want to see I want to see how that team looks because outside of Luka Doncic, I don't I'm not impressed with that team. I think they absolutely overachieved last year. And some could say the same thing about the Kings this year, right? But I think the Kings could I won't say sweep Dallas, but I think the Kings would win in five or six games against Dallas, especially if they had home court advantage. That's just my opinion. But I will say this, and this is maybe the pessimistic way of viewing things. The overall expectation as of right now is if the Kings make the playoffs, they will be a first round exit because they've never been there before. And I think if if others have that expectation, whether you're a Kings fan or just a national NBA fan or whatever, if you have that expert expectation, that's fine. Now, the Kings are definitely capable at this point in time, I think the Kings are definitely capable of making it to the second round. Making it past that, now we're getting into holy smokes this team is way better than we thought territory. But uh I'm I'm not a I'm not ready as good as the Kings are right now and as fun as this season is. I'm not ready to project the Kings as making it to the second round with confidence even if they're in the third seed in the Western Conference at this point in time. Maybe that's still kind of the pessimistic viewpoint, but I'm just not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think Monty McNair will do with the trade deadline or what his approach to the trade deadline will be based off of my understanding of McNair going to discuss that. Plus we're going to wrap up this podcast with some Q and A's from the chat from the live listeners. I've owed you guys a a Q and a podcast for a long time. Sorry. That's fallen through. Uh, But I'm going to get to that here in just a second. After I tell you about another great sponsor here of locked on Kings, a new sponsor of locked on Kings, that's FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner here on locked on. It's FanDuel, they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, if you join today, you can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. All you have to do is place your first five-dollar bet, and you get that free money. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props, plus The main focus right now is on the NFL and the NFC and AFC Championship and the upcoming Super Bowl, of course. But they have great betting uh, for Sacramento Kings, future bets, player bets, uh, game lines, all throughout the NBA season and more. And you can do it all on their app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets win or lose at fanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Let's uh, let's get your questions ready. And I, I'm gonna I'm I'm sure I've missed some of your questions. So maybe feel free to to spam the chat. Well no, don't spam the chat but but ask them a couple of times if I don't see them and I'll get to answering your questions. But before I get to that I know a lot of questions are going to be about the upcoming trade deadline, which is like a couple weeks away or something like that, which is crazy. I think Monty is going to be very content with sticking with what he has. I think he's going to keep an eye out for either a backup wing or a backup big. And I know the big, like uh, 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 Mason Plumlee is someone who we've talked a lot about. To me, there is not that acquirable of a backup big that's going to make that big of a difference. Like, if Plumlee comes here, is he an upgrade over what the Kings have? Sure. And is that a win for the Sacramento Kings? Probably. But I don't think it's urgent that Monty do that. Like, this team has gotten this far by themselves. And they do have to make moves, I think, to really secure this position. if if, If they want to, without a doubt, secure a third or fourth seed, then a move is maybe in the cards, but it's not it's not an urgent need. Monty doesn't have to approach this trade deadline as a must-buy team. If he stays put, I think the Kings are just fine. Now, I know what I wouldn't do if I was Monty McNair at this trade deadline. I would not trade Harrison Barnes at all, and I've been pretty consistent with that. Do not trade Harrison. I know he's having a red-hot month of January, and I don't expect that to continue, but even so, even if he doesn't, trade Harrison Barnes, or I mean, even if Harrison doesn't continue on this hot streak, I still don't think trading him is a good idea, both chemistry wise and how significant he is on the floor for the Kings. I would not of course trade Keegan Murray and Keegan Murray is the biggest trade chip that the Sacramento Kings have. If the Kings are going to try and make a big splash move, every single team is going to ask for Keegan first. They're not going to ask for Fox or Sabonis because they know that they're just going to get a laugh and, and the, the, the uh, they're going to get hung up on. Keegan Murray is going to be the first thing that every team asks for in any kind of big, significant trade. Now, if you get a can't miss offer, I guess you consider it. But to me, a realistic can't miss offer doesn't exist. Monty has already made his big splash. He did it last year with the DeMontis Sabonis trade. He doesn't have to make another big splash. The Kings are in a position where they don't need to yet. Maybe... If they get through these playoffs and get eliminated from these playoffs and they go into this off season, or they go into next year at the trade deadline and they're trying to secure themselves as a top com- com- uh, competitor and a-, a team to make a deep playoff run, maybe then you try and add another star big name player. At this point in time, the Kings don't have to do this. The Kings don't. They do not have to do that. If Monty stays put at this trade deadline, I think that's absolutely fine. I'm telling you. I think this is going to be a boring and underwhelming trade deadline for a lot of Kings fans because if the Kings make a move, it's going to be minor and it's going to be to help their second unit for 10 to 15 minutes a night, which could be really important, like especially with how bad the second unit has been playing as of late. But I would not look to this trade deadline as a Kings fan and go, oh, man this is going to be big for the Kings. I would not look at it that way. And I don't think Monty has to just my opinion on the situation. If you want to share your thoughts on him, what you think Monty should do at the trade deadline, absolutely do. Sh- so, and now uh, let me get to some of these questions here in the chat. They're coming through fast and like crazy. Your guys' support has been incredible. 122 live viewers right now. That's uh, I was hoping for like 20. So you guys are absolutely amazing. I see people bringing up first off, Jolly Roger greetings from Serbia. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for your support, Jolly Roger. Um, Also, I'm a huge fan of just Pirates in general, so awesome name. I've seen people bring up all season long DeMarcus Cousins. I get it. From a media standpoint, DeMarcus Cousins would be a blast. A blast to have return. From a media standpoint, the storylines, the interviews, the podcasts, it would be a lot of fun. But DeMontis, I mean, excuse me, DeMarcus Cousins coming to Sacramento does not make sense. It really doesn't. Like, is DeMarcus Cousins going to be that much better than what the Sacramento Kings have? Maybe. Maybe. But if DeMarcus has not been able to stick on so many, in so many different markets with so many different teams, and the fact that I think he, couldn't return to my uh, um, Mike Malone's Denver Nuggets speaks volumes too, and I'm not blaming Demarcus. By the way, I'm not saying Demarcus did anything wrong. We have heard nothing to suggest that Demarcus did anything wrong in Denver. I just think Demarcus's time as a efficient, effective player that will help the Sacramento Kings win consistently, I think that time is over, and it sucks because as much as DeMar- Demarcus drew, drove me crazy when he was here he was his dominance was incredible to watch on a nightly basis as many of you know but that version of demarcus cousins is gone so if the kings did it that's fine like i i i, I would enjoy it from the media standpoint of things but if that's their move that you're saying that's going to be a difference for the Sacramento Kings and their second unit and making it uh, uh, securing a third or fourth seed and making a playoff run. I would challenge that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. That F guy says, Matt, George, I got mad respect for you. Next Kings home game. I'm going to find you and introduce myself. Please do. Thank you so much for the kind words. If you are ever going to a Kings game, I am at the top of section 105. That is the media area. Typically before the game starts or during halftime is the best time although during halftime all the media members go downstairs to eat hot dogs and cookies and and talk about how much of losers we are. Um <laughs> but I'm at the top of section 105. Please come and say hi. I would love to see you in person and thank you in person for supporting the Lockdown Kings podcast. You are my people. I am one of you. I am a fan. I appreciate you guys so much. So if you ever come to a Kings game, please come by and say hi. That would be amazing. Thank you so much, everybody, for supporting this first ever live edition of the Locked On Kings podcast. I'm definitely going to do more of these in the future. If you want to respond, if you're listening after the live episode, first and foremost, I'd love to have you join me live on the next live edition of Locked On Kings. So uh, keep an eye and an ear out for that. But if you have any thoughts on uh, NBA All-Star voting and DeMontis Abonis not making it, if you have any uh, thoughts on this upcoming seven-game road trip, which you think Monty McNair should do at the trade deadline, please send those to me. You can reach me on Twitter at at Matt George Sack, Email me Sports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. But as for now, we are done with the podcast. I'm looking forward to kind of this post-show Locked on Kings hangout. Again, audio and video listener, uh, watchers after the fact, come and join us during a live episode and you can be a part of this. This was a ton of fun. I definitely look forward to doing it again. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.